one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello listeners, Luke's English podcast is free. Uh, but you can support my work on this project in several ways. One of those ways is that uh, you can send me a donation and any contribution that you can send would be very, very much appreciated. Uh, if you'd like to donate, just go to the website. You'll find buttons on every page of the website that says, uh, the, the button says donate. Just click that and you can donate any amount that you want using PayPal. It's very simple and very secure. Most people donate five to ten pounds, but you can donate less or more. It's up to you. The other way that you can help to support the podcast is to check out the offer uh, that I've mentioned before on this podcast from my sponsors. Uh, the sponsors are Audible.com. They are the world's leading provider of downloadable audiobooks, and the audiobooks are excellent. Uh, they are read out by professional actors, sometimes very famous actors, and you basically have audio versions of some of the best books, novels, nonfiction, many different types. Uh, some of the best work ever produced is now available as an audio as audiobooks uh, from Audible. So why not sort of instead of reading your next book, choose to kick back, put the headphones on, and let some famous professional actor read the story to you. Um, if you'd like to check out the Audible offer, basically you can go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash Audible and you can start a, a free trial with uh, Audible and that would include the download of any audiobook of your choice. And if you don't like the service, you can cancel um, and you can keep the audiobook. So essentially, it's a free audiobook for you. Um, okay, so that's it. Donations, Audible. That's it for sponsorship mentions and stuff like that. Now, let's get down to this new episode, and here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you're well. Uh, here is another episode in which I talk to you and teach you some English while doing something else at the same time. The microphone sound might be a bit different today because I'm using a different arrangement because this is another multitasking episode. Um, last time I did this, I was cooking dinner while recording the podcast. That was just a couple of episodes ago. Um, I have done other episodes like this before in which I was either driving or just walking around somewhere and talking to you at the same time. And I'm doing this again today because I hope, first of all, it will be an interesting episode of the podcast, but also as some sort of ongoing mission to prove that men are in fact able to multitask, unlike the commonly held view that we actually are not able to do several things at the same time. I do think that men can multitask, despite the fact that many people often say that we can't. Of course we're capable of doing two things at the same time. Just think, for example, of David Beckham, who must be an expert at multitasking because not only does he have to play football really well, but he also has to look handsome while he's doing it. Or consider Liam Neeson in the film Taken, 
who has to punch people's teeth down their throats with the edge of his hand uh, and also be a good father at the same time. So it's clearly possible. Um, to be honest, I think that this myth of men not being able to multitask properly, uh, that I think it comes from the fact that there is one situation in which we definitely can't do it. And that is when we try to complete a task while also listening to a wife or girlfriend while she's talking to us. Because when your wife is talking to you, then you have to stop everything and focus. We can't multitask in that situation because if you're not concentrating and you miss something, then it will come back to you later when she remembers and you forget and then you're in trouble. So probably this idea of men can't multitask and also men don't listen, I think those two ideas are quite closely linked to each other. Um, it's not so much that we can't multitask, it's just that listening to you is already a kind of multitasking because not only do we have to understand what you're saying, and I, when I say you, I mean sort of women in general, not only do we have to, when we're listening to you, understand what you're saying to us, but we also have to identify important bits of information which might get subtly dropped into the conversation, including clues about what you might want for your birthday, indications about how you feel about certain people, uh, basically anything that could go into the I told you category. You know about the I told you category? Um, well, the I told you category is obviously a category of information that your wife or girlfriend has told you, but for which you have absolutely no memory. It could be, for example, something like this, an exchange like this. Um, I'm going to the football tonight, babe, okay? But it's our, it's our half anniversary tonight. What? It's our half anniversary. Half anniversary for which day? The day when we met or the day when we... Babe, I told you. Okay, so that's an, that's an I told you situation. And that might be closely followed by you never listen to me. For example, but it's our half anniversary of six months since our previous anniversary. I told you. Um, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. You never listened to me. Sorry, what did you say? I wasn't listening. For example, um, so I told you and you never listened to me. They're quite closely related. And it's, it's important to listen to your partner to prevent this kind of thing, which I think is why women think that men can't multitask. Um, you know, we can multitask. It's just that we can't listen to you properly and do something else at the same time. For example, you're doing the shopping right? You're in the supermarket. You're trying to buy the right food so that you can prove that you're able to buy the right food. And then your girlfriend calls you and you answer the phone because you love her. And then she starts talking to you about nothing in particular. Um, okay. Now she's just talking about stuff in general, but at this point you have to stop shopping. Okay. Stop the shopping. Just stop what you're doing. Put that grapefruit down and listen. All right, because this might seem like a meaningless conversation. She might just be calling you because she's finished work and she likes to call you as she's walking to the bus stop. She might be speaking to you while buying some bread in the bakery or even while speaking to a colleague that she's met in the street. OK, but you still have to concentrate on every single word she says or you might miss something important like Fluffy the cat's birthday or something like that. And then you'll be in trouble. 
Because if you continue the shopping, if you just continue doing what you're doing and you try to make fresh fruit choices while also talking to your wife or girlfriend, either you'll miss something vital or you will seem distant and not fully involved in the conversation. And then she will say something like, what are you doing? And then you'll have to say, well, I'm buying some grapefruits, you know, the pink ones that you like. And she'll say, look, can't you do that and listen to me at the same time? No, actually, no, no, I can't. Uh, And so now men can't multitask. David Beckham can't buy fruits and talk to Victoria about the kids at the same time. And neither can Messi or Ronaldo or any of those overpaid multitaskers. They can't do it. Even RAF fighter pilots, uh, who are the best multitaskers in the world, are probably standing in supermarkets right now, not doing anything, on the phone to their wives because they love them. So anyway, maybe men can multitask. Maybe they can't. Maybe we'll find out in this episode uh, because I'm going to try it, okay? I'm going to try and multitask by doing something and uh, talking to you and teaching you some English at the same time. So this could be a series, uh, perhaps called the multitasking series. Last time I cooked a chicken dinner and taught you some words for cooking. And that was quite a popular episode and I had a few comments from listeners about that and even a couple of suggestions for other episodes that I could do. For example, I had a message from Ethan Lee from South Korea who said to me on Twitter, He said, I enjoyed the cooking episode a lot. Why don't you try another thing like house cleaning? Looking forward to it. Cheers. Okay, so now I'm getting requests to do the housework on Twitter as well as at home. Um, No, but honestly, that that would be great, Ethan, because I'd be able to teach you all the language that we use for cleaning, like rub or wipe or rinse, etc. But the only problem is that I'd actually have to do some cleaning. And I hate doing the housework. Uh, But then again, maybe that could be a really good way of getting things done. Just making mundane acts of housework into episodes of my podcast. That could be a good technique. Because there are so many possibilities for new episodes. If I kind of use that approach. Like, for example, Luke Luke does the ironing while talking about clothes and fabrics. While also trying not to burn the clothes with the iron. And by the way, my wife told me to say that. Uh, Or other ideas like Luke cleans the windows while teaching you some phrases about glass. Does that sound good? Or maybe Luke builds some Ikea furniture while teaching you some of the most commonly used swear words in the most authentic way possible. There are so many ideas. Well, this time, rather than doing any housework or doing anything else useful, I'm instead going to play a game on my new PlayStation 3. You know that I've got a new PlayStation 3 because I bought it in the January sales and I chose to buy the PlayStation 3 instead of the PlayStation 4 because I'm cheap. Basically, I just couldn't afford a PlayStation 4. Plus, I've got loads of old PlayStation 3 games that I'd like to keep playing. So I went for a PlayStation 3. So I'm going to play Grand Theft Auto 5, which is my favourite game, and I think it might be the best game ever created okay Um, so I'm going to play GTA 5 and while I'm playing I'm just going to describe everything I'm doing in the game and also just ramble on about the whole GTA phenomenon and it is a phenomenon because the GTA series has made over 220 million dollars worldwide which is actually quite a lot of money okay I think officially 
$220 million is a lot of money. Um, so it's one of the biggest entertainment franchises in the world. In terms of gaming, uh, the GTA franchise is the third most successful franchise ever. Uh, and it, it comes after the Mario franchise and the Pokemon franchise. So after Mario and Pokemon, GTA V is there. So it's one of the most um, successful games um, series ever. Um, so I'll, I'll be talking about GTA. I think it's worth talking about, considering it's such a big deal in the world. Um, so I'll be talking about that. But also, I'm just going to try and describe to you everything I'm doing while I'm doing it. So I'll give you a kind of running commentary of what's happening in the game. Um, and I'll also just talk to you about anything else that occurs to me during the episode. So in terms of language teaching in this episode, I will just see what comes up while I'm playing. You know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm just going to kick back and see what happens. I'm just going to kick back and see what happens, you know. Uh, like some kind of really cool English teacher character. Yeah, we've got no agenda in the lesson today, so, you know, close your books. Let's just stick on GTA 5 and we'll just see what kind of language stuff happens, yeah? So chill out, no homework today. We're just going to watch a DVD. Um, that's a kind of cool, laid-back English teacher character. Um, but anyway, I, I will just sort of uh, see what language stuff happens. But I will aim also to explain and highlight certain expressions in English that come up as I talk to you. Um, so I expect that the language you're going to hear from me in this episode will fall into a number of possible cat uh, categories. So here are some categories that uh, uh, might explain some of the language you're going to hear. So there may be some general vocabulary for playing a game with verbs like start up, plug in, unplug and so on so there might be just general vocab for talking about playing games um, there will probably be phrases for describing what is happening while it's happening so that means vocabulary for describing movement phrases for navigating around the city traveling describing dramatic action accidents violence explosions shootings murder you know just the usual things that happen in a normal game of gta um, you might hear exclamations of surprise or shock or anger or tension, just the kind of stuff that comes out of your mouth when you're experiencing those things. And yes, there may be some swearing in this episode. Um, you should be aware of that. Um, I might just sort of uh, spontaneously come out with some swearing, which is normal when you're playing GTA. I mean, it's exactly the sort of game that you... Uh, swear while playing and not just from me as well you should be able to hear the game in the background and the game itself is full of swearing the characters in the game and uh, other people like pedestrians and other characters that you come across they do plenty of swearing so it's quite a rude game in general uh, so you'll probably hear a bit of swearing um, you will probably hear me talk about ways of describing the gaming experience for example, just the emotions and feelings that you experience while playing it. And also, uh, you'll hear me using ways of commenting on the game as a cultural phenomenon. So you'll probably hear some fancy language for discussing how games fit into society and the usual arguments about violence in computer games. 
Um, so I have done, in fact, a full episode on computer games before in which I went through a history of gaming and discussed some of the issues around the subject. Um, what was the, which episode was that? Which one was the computer games? I think it was like uh, something like Luke's English podcast. I'm typing now. You can hear that. Can you hear that sort of sound? That's because I've got the microphone. Whoops. I've got the microphone resting on the table, on, on the coffee table in front of me, and I also have my laptop um, on that on the table too. So when I type on the laptop, you can hear the vibrations coming through the microphone. I'm just searching for Luke's English Podcast Computer Games, so I can tell you which episode that was. Um, and it's episode number 127. So... Episode 127, that was all about computer games, and that's kind of loads more commentary and a history of computer games, all the way from the very early games like Pong and Space Invaders, all the way up to the most modern stuff like the GTA franchise and other games like that, okay? So check out episode 127 if you want to hear that. Um, So, as I said, the microphone... Uh, should pick up some background noise while I'm doing this. I hope, first of all, that that's not disturbing. I hope that if I tap the table or bump into something, that that doesn't disturb you too much. But um, I do hope that the background noise should provide some context to what's going on in the game as I'm playing it. So you will be able to hear a little bit of uh, sound from the television in front of me. Um, Now, you might be thinking, what about video, Luke? It would be good to be able to see the action that you're describing. Well, um, no. In this case, no. Sorry, there's not going to be a video. I think there isn't going to be a video because I just don't have the facility to to record this. I mean, I know that it's possible to somehow get the footage from your PlayStation and stick it in your computer and then record the screen uh, or just simply get like a video camera and point it at the TV. Um, But um, I'm afraid that's not going to happen in this episode. Um, just because, well, Luke's English Podcast is primarily an audio experience. And um, that's, I think, what it should stay. It should stay as an audio experience. So um, so there's not going to be any video accompaniment to this. And now that might seem like a strange decision, considering um, Grand Theft Auto is like really visual. It's like primarily a visual form of entertainment. Um But I actually quite like the idea of attempting to explain and describe the experience of playing this game in words rather than just letting you see what's on the screen. I want this to be an audio experience. I want it to be about language and about English. Um, Most of you listening to this will be only listening. I know that the vast majority of the people who listen to this uh, podcast just listen and they don't visit the website. Um, so I, I understand, I know that most of you will just be listening anyway. Um, so no video for this one. So let's just focus on the words. Okay. Let's just focus on the language. Um, let's just try and focus on the way that I'm describing what's going on. That's the, that's the aim. That's the idea. Okay. Um, so that's it basically. So I'm going to now start the game console and, uh, just make sure my TV is turned on. Okay. Turning on the TV. And we're going to now get started. So while we're playing, so there you go, I've just turned on the the, uh, console. 
just check that we're still recording. We are still recording here, aren't we? Yes, okay. Oh, God, I just dropped the... <laughs> Sorry. I uh, just dropped the microphone there. I hope that didn't uh, cause too much of it to... Oh, God. Okay, I've just done it again. Okay. Get a grip, Luke. Stop uh, dropping the microphone. It's time to start playing Grand Theft Auto 5. So I've just um, started up my PlayStation. Now, you can probably hear the sound of the controller in front of me, you might be able to hear the sounds of the PlayStation in the background as well. Let me just raise the volume on this monitor thing that I've got going on here. Okay, you might be able to hear a bit of background music already. That's just the sort of the title screen of Grand Theft Auto 5 on my PlayStation. I'm now going to hit the X button on my control pad and then we're going to get started. Okay, so the game is now um, loading. Um, and um, this game is on, on Blu-ray disc, so it does take a little bit of time to load. I think if you download the games from the PlayStation Store um, and they're just saved on the hard drive of your PlayStation, then um, they, they load a lot more quickly. So what you can hear there, that's just a bit of sound in the background for like one of the kind of... Uh, Idents for um, Rockstar Games. So Rockstar Games is the developer that, that produces Grand Theft Auto. And in the loading screens of this game, you get little bits of sound and some graphics and stuff just to show you. A bit like at the beginning of a film, the way you have the production companies. They have like those cool little sort of animated graphic logos that uh, show you who made the film. You get the same sort of thing with computer games too. I love the ones in, in movies. I love all those little graphics and little animations that you get before the film starts. Generally, I think they're great. The computer game ones are not usually as good, and I tend to just skip through them if I can. So the game is now loading. You can hear a little bit of background music, possibly. So I'd like to now just talk to you a little bit about Grand Theft Auto V. Now, I imagine that most of you listening to this have either played the game or you've seen someone playing the game or you have had some experience with this game. Most of you probably know the basic idea of the, the, the game and the franchise, but I'm sure that there are some of you out there who have either never experienced this game or just simply don't know anything about it. So I will talk to you a little bit about what the game is all about and what's the point, what's the purpose of this game. Okay, so... First of all, I should just say what kind of game this is. So Grand Theft Auto, uh, the franchise, all of the games in the Grand Theft Auto franchise are basically sort of large open world um, sandbox games. Now, what is a sandbox game? A sandbox game is one in which uh, the whole world of the game is open to you. It's a bit like being a child... Um, Excuse me. It's a bit like being a child in a in a sandbox. You know, you can go any direction you want. You can explore anywhere you want, and it's really up to you to decide how you kind of navigate the game world. So it's a totally open world, 360 degrees of movement. Oh, someone is calling hey, me. All oh, right. Okay, so uh, I'm playing as the character called Michael, and his daughter has just called him. All right. So apparently she's in trouble. And so Michael's going to have to go and help her, I think. Help Tracy? No, I, I don't want to help yeah, Tracy. Yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> Fine, I'll call 
<laughs> oh dear, he's such a he's such a bad father. So his daughter just called him and said, "I'm in trouble. There's there's some guys trying to follow me." And I decided not to help her. So uh, obviously I've already started as a, as a very bad father. So anyway, it's a sandbox game, which means the whole world is open and available to, for you to explore and play within. Okay. Um, there, is, um, there is a mission. There is a kind of story mode that goes uh, all the way through the, um, the series. And um, so the story mode is basically a kind of a narrative that you follow. And generally, the, um, the, the narrative of the Grand Theft Auto stories tends to be that you start out as a kind of low-level criminal um, who wants, who, who's ambitious and who wants to rise up uh, through the sort of hierarchy of the criminal underworld. Usually, you start out as a low-level crook, and by passing different missions, doing different jobs, um, and by committing various crimes, you earn more and more money, and you raise your level of status in, in the, the crime world until eventually, at the end, you're basically in charge of the city. You might be the, the, the overall mafia boss that rules the city. You've earned loads of money. You've bought lots of properties. And you're basically very powerful in some way. So that's the aim in the story mode. Now, in Grand Theft Auto V, there are three characters that you can play as. And you can switch between the three characters each one has its own narrative, and the narratives kind of combine at various points. Um, and the main sort of missions that you have to do throughout the game are these big bank robberies, um, essentially, or heists. And um, the way that the heists usually work is that all three characters get involved, and they all play a different part in the heist. And so you usually have to do various missions to prepare for the heist, like, for example, you need to steal uh, a security van or you need to buy some disguises or you need to uh, take photographs of the bank that you're going to rob um, and you need to do di different bits of research and stuff like that. And then you actually do the robbery itself, which is usually done in several stages. Like, for example, you have to break into the bank, you need to steal the merchandise and then you have to shoot your way out of the bank by, you know, killing police or security guards. And then you have to do some sort of extravagant getaway where you uh, drive fast cars or motorbikes or you have to use helicopters to escape. Um, so those are the missions. And if you successfully complete the missions, then you earn lots of money and you can use that money to do various things within the game, like buy properties or buy vehicles or weapons or various other things. OK, so you've got this open world, this sandbox game where you can you can choose to do whatever you want. Uh, but there are also little locations and missions which you can follow uh, throughout the game. OK, so mostly when you turn on the console and you you load up uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 you generally have a choice you can you can choose which character you play as and you can choose either to just explore the city and do anything you want or you can follow the different missions which are available to you as part of the narrative of the game okay so three characters uh, there is Michael uh, Franklin and Trevor okay um, basically Michael is uh, his story is that he is an ex-gangster, an ex-mafia guy who um, 10 years ago uh, faked his own death and then went into the like FBI witness protection program 
and he's been living as a family man, trying to live a normal existence for 10 years. And then uh, now, as we play him in the game, he gets dragged back into a life of crime. And so his life is a bit of a mess. He's, ex- he's going through therapy. He's attempting to deal with the weird issues that he has, the sort of anger issues and the guilt issues related to the life of crime that he's led, uh, while also being step-by-step being dragged back into the the criminal underworld. Um, So that's Michael. Franklin is a kind of uh, a gangster from the ghetto, uh, and he uh, he, he starts out as a low-level carjacker. Um, He's basically a repo man, uh, a guy whose job it is to repossess vehicles. Uh, And uh, so you basically start off as a a repo, repo man going around the city collecting vehicles that the 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 owners uh, can't afford to pay for and uh, and he he's basically like the standard kind of GTA character he starts off as a low level criminal and he gets sort of uh, progressively bigger jobs to do and he his status goes up and up and his ambition is to basically be a sort of gangster high rolling um high level um sort of uh, gangster basically um, and he joins up with Michael because obviously Michael has got all of the big contacts and he's got a lot more experience and Franklin learns the ropes from Michael during the game. The third character is called uh, Trevor and Trevor is completely crazy. I mean, he's a complete psychopath. He's a very entertaining character in the game. Totally mad um, guy and he's completely unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do next. Um, he's completely insane and wild and it's a lot of fun playing as Trevor because you get to do all sorts of crazy things and Trevor's story is that he used to be friends and uh, partners in crime with Michael back in the day and for 10 years Trevor has thought that Michael was dead because you know Michael faked his own death Um, and Trevor is is, Trevor lives outside the city in um, in the sticks, sort of in the countryside, pretty much, in a kind of trailer park. And uh, his job is really to try and dominate the criminal world in, in that area. So it's kind of meth dealing and um, trying to compete with other meth dealers. Um, so there's extortion and murder and drug dealing and stuff like that. Um, and he gets a surprise when he realised that Michael is not, in fact, dead. And so he travels back to the city in order to find Michael and to work out what's going on. And so the three of them get kind of dragged into to various uh, criminal jobs and stuff happens along the way. I'm not sure how far into the game I am. I think I'm probably about 50% of the way through the, the story. Um, and uh, what I'm planning to do in this podcast is to not follow the mission uh, not follow the, the the narrative but just sort of mess around in the city so I can describe the the environment that I'm in so at the moment I'm playing as Michael and so um, I've just started the game and Michael is standing inside his house he lives in a nice big mansion in the foothills of Hollywood so he's in probably North Hollywood it's not actually Hollywood in the game Technically, it's Vinewood, which is, you know, pretty much a, a, a replica of, of Hollywood. In fact, the, the city in which this game takes place is very, very, very much based on, on Los Angeles. And um, 
So you get the city of Los Angeles. You also get lots of the environments around Los Angeles. Um, it's a huge uh, environment that you get to play in. There's kind of urban locations within Los Angeles. In fact, the game is, is based in Los Santos. That's the, the sort of um, fictional city in which the game is based. It's basically Los Angeles, though. So you get the downtown areas of Los Angeles. You get the sort of uh, uh, upmarket areas of Beverly Hills with all of the rich people and the expensive cars. You also get the cool districts of Hollywood, including Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard, those, those places that are famous for having the, the uh, names of celebrities um, uh, uh, engraved on the, on, the, on the ground. You also get the Hollywood Hills, the rolling green hills of, of uh, North Hollywood. Um, and there are also, if you venture further out, there are sort of wilderness areas with forests and a um, huge mountain which you can climb. And also there are beaches and uh, coastal areas um, and all kinds of different environments. It's a really amazing, very detailed city to be part of. Um, so also within the city, there are lots of pedestrians. It's a living, breathing city. It's incredible, actually, this game. It's absolutely amazing. There are loads of people just walking around, going about their general business, including pedestrians walking along the road. There are people driving their cars. There are policemen. There are ambulance drivers. There are firefighters um, and all sorts of other people just milling around, going about their, their business. Um, and as a player in this world, you get to kind of interact with everyone and um, do all sorts of different things. So I've just got into Michael's car. I'm going to turn off the radio. So every time you get into a car, uh, the radio is on and you get different radio stations. And there's loads and loads of different music and sort of entertainment radio going on. I'm going to switch off the radio whenever I get into a car so that there's less distraction in the background. So I'm now sitting in Michael's car and it's a, a very expensive looking I think it's an Audi. It's a kind of a version of an Audi. I think it's probably an Audi uh, A8. You know, one of those large, luxurious Audi cars. Um, so he's sitting in the car. Um, and so I hope you now get an idea of what GTA is all about. Um, either you follow the mission stories and you, you kind of do these jobs and you earn money and you get more power and influence and, and connections. Um, or you can just sort of drive around and interact with the city now I just want to make sure that the volume level is not too loud in the background I want it to be loud enough for you to be able to hear basically what's happening but not so loud that it becomes very distracting and, and, uh, and annoying I imagine you can hear the sounds of the car as I'm driving around here you can hear the sort of general street noises, the engine as it's driving so I'm now sort of just driving around in North Hollywood, near where Michael lives. I'm not doing anything in particular. The sun is just going down. It's amazing the, the way that the um, environment changes as you're playing the game. So not, not only do you interact with objects and, and people in the city, but also the weather changes. It can be sunny. It can be uh, grey and cloudy. It can rain. You get storms with high wind and, and all sorts of things. So lots of different types of weather. Also, the, the, the level of light changes. So, you know, it goes from morning to noon to afternoon to evening and, and to night. At the moment, 
um, I guess it's kind of evening time. The sun is just going down in the distance and there's a, a rather beautiful looking sunset. The, the sky changes from sort of blue to orange to purple. And then the sun goes down and it goes dark and the street, the, the street lights turn on and all the headlights of cars. Whoops, I just crashed into a BMW. Um, okay, oh dear. It cost me $22,000 that I didn't help my daughter because she had to pay some guys to, to sort out her problem. That cost me $22,000. Bloody hell, that was expensive. Um, so yeah, it's, the sun is going down and uh, I'm just driving around. I've got nothing in particular to do. Um, there, is a, there is a mission actually that's going on in the background Every now and then I'm getting text messages and phone calls from my kind of my gang who I'm involved with. And um, I am actually in the middle of setting up a big mission and they want me to steal some vehicles and steal a fire truck. Um, I'm just ignoring those messages for the time being. And I think I'm going to stick with Michael at the moment while I'm playing this. So I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring the missions. I'm sticking with Michael and I'm just driving around. Um, so... Right, trying not to crash into too many people. I think what I'm going to do is mess around with the game a little bit while also talking to you a little bit about the history of Grand Theft Auto. Um, so I can give you some background uh, information about the, about the game. But I think before I do that, I'm going to create some mayhem here in, in Los Santos. You can hear the, the screeching of the brakes in the background. I think I'll raise the volume a little bit so you can hear that a little bit better. You can hear the engine, you can hear the tires screeching. You might be able to hear people talking in the background. You can hear this, the, the, the skidding sound of the tires and the, the sounds of me crashing the car. I think it's time to... Oh, sorry, he says, as I, I just ran into a pedestrian. I think it's time to attract the attention of the police because that's when things get exciting. Um, at the moment, things are just... Well, it's interesting just sort of exploring the city. But things get really interesting when you get the police involved. And what I like to do when I'm not sort of following missions is just commit some kind of crime. And if you, if you do commit a crime, then the police generally will try, try and uh, get you. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to shoot some people. Um, okay, so... Oh... All right, so you might be shocked if you don't know this game. If you don't know the nature of the game, you might find it a bit shocking that ultimately, although this is an incredibly detailed city and a very interactive place, the game pretty much encourages you to commit various horrible acts of violence and crime. It's all about crime and violence. And you just heard me there shooting someone from within the car. So. Uh, you have weapons and uh, you can shoot when you're in the car. In fact, the character smashes the window with his elbow and sticks his hand out the window and just shoots pedestrians and police officers uh, as, they, as they go past. So you can control the, the shooting, you can aim at different people and stuff like that. It's a pretty horrible game when you think about it. And in fact, it's a very controversial game too. Um, it's, there's been lots of controversies surrounding this, this game franchise. In fact, it's probably the most controversial computer game ever created. And there have been lots of articles and uh, lots of lawsuits and, and 
arguments about this game. It is a violent game, and uh, you might have strong feelings about that. My basic, uh, my basic take on this game is that I think it's okay. I think the violence is basically all right as long as you know what you're doing and you understand that it's all just a bit of a joke. Uh, it is horribly violent, but um, you know, if it's designed to be played by adults, and the game is also very tongue-in-cheek. The whole thing really is a big satire. It's a big sick joke, really. It's a satire on modern culture and modern life, um, and also a satire on the kind of disposability of modern American culture. And so that's really what it's all about. Also, um, I think that there's not really anything wrong with committing acts of violence in a computer game, because ultimately it's not real, of course. And I think, I think we know... I think anyone playing this game knows the difference between reality and a computer game. And of course, I might enjoy um, running round, causing chaos within the world of the game, shooting people, blowing up cars, killing police officers and doing various other horrible actions and horrible acts. I might enjoy doing that in the game, but obviously I would never, ever do anything like that in the real world. Far from it. I'm obviously a law-abiding citizen in the real world but I think in the in the world of the game this is a chance to just sort of do anything you want and, and cause all sorts of mayhem and that's fun and I think that's fine I honestly think it's fine I don't think it means that we are sick and twisted or that the game is evil or anything like that I think it's just a chance to just do the things that you can't do and that you don't want to do in the real world you can just have fun um, doing those things within the context of the game. Um, now, maybe it would be a good idea for the game to include other elements, not just violent things, but also other more creative um, and more wholesome things. And, of course, there are computer games out there that allow you to do those things too. Like, for example, there are games that you can use to to play music or to simulate um, having a pet uh, there are farming simulators where you can kind of um, grow crops and make money by growing corn or apples or, you know, um, uh, having uh, crops or, or uh, um, animals. You know, you can, um, you can uh, breed cows or sheep or whatever. Um, so there are games that are kind of all nice and fluffy and, and not violent and, and full of good, wholesome values. But quite frankly, they're quite boring, aren't they? They are. I mean, let's face it, they're boring. When you're in a big city like this, what you want to do is blow up cars and drive your, your motorbike off a bridge and uh, all that sort of thing. So that's what we're going to be doing in this episode. So there you go. I've dealt with the ethical side of it. Um, it is interesting, though, the, the sort of ethics of this, especially as games get more and more realistic. You start to think, where's the line, you know, between... When, when, does, when does this stuff get unethical? Because, OK, if games are going to get more and more realistic and the graphics get more and more realistic and the artificial intelligence gets more and more developed, will there ever come a point at which it is unethical to uh, kill artificial intelligences within uh, virtual reality and then you start getting into like ethical questions that are raised by films like Blade Runner and that's basically the, the idea of um, 
if you create a simulation of a person, if you create a perfect simulation of a person to, to the point where they experience emotions and feelings, um, is it then unethical to, to kill that person? Like, if you create a robot, which is a, 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 a very accurate simulation of a human, uh, that robot... Uh, responds in a very similar way to the to the way a human responds, and the brain is designed with many different sort of um, uh, electrical uh, frameworks um, to the point where it basically operates like a human would would operate, and they react and they experience emotions, although they're not really a person. Now, when does that when does that artificial intelligence cease to be an object? And when does it start to become a person in its own right with, um, you know, with rights and with its own sort of morality and ethics and, so, and stuff like that? When does a robot cease to be a, a machine and when does it start to become a person? And when, uh, when you're playing a game that's based in an extremely realistic uh, virtual world in which you interact with various levels of artificial intelligence, when does it become unethical to commit acts of murder and crime within that world. I think it's an interesting philosophical situation. At this stage, in a game of Grand Theft Auto, the level of intelligence is not advanced enough for it to raise those levels of ethical, you know, um, th those kinds of ethical problems aren't really a... Um, they're not really a question you have to deal with when you're playing Grand Theft Auto. But maybe in the future... Uh, we will have to deal with that sort of thing. But it's it's kind of fascinating. Um, and um, certain games I find are more problematic in that way than others. Like you have the Call of Duty games, which are basically sort of war simulators. They're, they're first-person-based uh, uh, war games where you become a soldier and you're dropped into the middle of a military conflict. And it's very realistic, extremely graphic, and the violence is so colourful and almost distasteful, I mean disgusting, that I find that a little bit difficult to deal with. Like if I play Call of Duty, I find it a little bit, um, a bit worrying really that uh, we're basically getting entertainment from uh, the experience of being a soldier in a war and having very up close and personal uh, um, fights with the enemy in which you're kind of shooting enemies in the head and you see the, the devastation that that has on the body of the enemy and you stab your, your enemies with knives and things like that. And it's extremely realistic. In fact, what the gaming community wants from those games is the most realistic um, version of a, a, a real war as possible and the more realistic the games are the more graphic the the violence in those games the, the the better they're rated and the more popular they are i have a bit of a problem with that i think it's a bit sick to basically have war as entertainment with grand theft auto i find it easier to deal with because the um the content is a lot more comical. There's a lot more humour involved. It's more like cartoon-level violence. There's obviously a big difference between the world of Grand Theft Auto and the real world. And I think that it's just a question of having fun, really. It's, it's like um, cartoon-level violence. And uh, it's all tongue-in-cheek. And I find that to be kind of much easier, basically, to deal with. Now, I think it's time to, to get involved in some, some mayhem 
uh, in the city here before I start talking more about the game and the history of the game and stuff like that. So it's time to start describing what I'm doing um, moment by moment. So I happen to be driving at this point some dodgy um, dodgy car. It's like a, an, an estate car, you know, like a kind of family car that um, doesn't go very fast. So it's not a very good car. I'm just driving around in this, this family estate car. An estate car is one that's kind of very large. It doesn't have a boot at the back. Instead, it's got a hatchback at, at, at the back. It's a long car with lots of storage space in it. So I'm driving this estate car around. And I think what I'm going to do is um, attract the attention of the police. Now, I did get the police on me before, but I just automatically escaped from them because I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm so used to playing the game now that uh, I automatically escape from the police when they start chasing me. So what I'm going to do is... Um, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to cause some mayhem. I'm going to attract the attention of the police. Now, what happens is that the way that you play the game, I mean, the, the actions you do affect immediately affect the, the environment around you and create various types of uh, randomly generated mini-games... Um, for example, if you murder someone, then the police will will um, start to follow you and you'll, you'll attract the attention of the police. And there are different levels of police attention. Um, so level one is basically one star. That means that some police will be searching for you. And then the highest level of police attention is five stars. And if you've got five stars, that means the police and the FBI and all of the, uh, the crime-fighting services are out to get you. And they've got helicopters with machine guns. They have SWAT teams with like guys wearing armor and helmets and machine guns uh, arriving to, to kill you. And there might even be uh, FBI agents. And even sometimes the military will come and get you. And they, they will send um, jeeps and tanks, armed tanks, to, to come and take you down. Um, now, the police are pretty over the top in this city. Like, basically, they will kill you for not very much. I mean, for example, if you bump into a police car, they will then chase you down and hunt you down and kill you. They will murder you for traffic violations in this city. Uh, the police are seriously aggressive and over the top. And I take that as a joke about American police. You know that the way the American police are all armed, you know, certainly the ones in, in, in the more uh, gun-friendly or gun-happy uh, states in the USA. The police are armed and they will shoot you and kill you uh, before uh, just stopping you and trying to arrest you. So the, the, the police in America can be a little bit trigger-happy. And I think that the way that the police respond to crimes in this game is a bit of a sort of uh, a comment on the aggressive trigger happy nature of the police in some parts of the United States particularly if you are of a certain ethnic origin I mean you've seen stories in the news of the police overreacting and um, killing um, sort of killing black people uh, and uh, acting very aggressively certainly the police re reflect that kind of um, image in this game so all it takes is for you to do one or two little things and the police will just go all out. They'll be driving after you. They don't care. They, whoops. They, there goes the microphone again. Sorry about that, listeners. They don't care, the police in this game. They, they will do anything. They, they don't care about the safety of other pedestrians. They will drive after you at top speed, shooting you with machine guns until you are dead and buried. Right. 
oh look there's a very nice car okay i've fed up i'm fed up with this family car i've just found what looks like oh no it's driving away i've just seen what looks like a very nice jaguar sports car so i think what i'm going to do is i'll st i will i'll kill the driver of the jaguar if if uh, i can get him so i'm I, okay i've just got out of my dodgy family car and I'm going to shoot the driver of that Jaguar with a shotgun. Which is my favourite gun of choice for this situation. Okay, oh, he's just run out of the car. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> I just shot him down in cold blood. That was seriously uh, mean and violent. So I've just committed murder on the streets of Los Santos. But the police don't seem to care. In fact, I've got no attention from the police. So what I'm going to have to do is, is just murder someone else until the police arrive. And then I'll shoot the police down and uh, I will steal their car and I'll go on a rampage and I'll try and escape from them. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. I think the reason the police didn't come for me there is because I'm using a silenced shotgun. So that's a, sh uh, a shotgun with a silencer on the front. So I need to use a, a much louder uh, weapon. So I've selected a machine gun and I'm now going to shoot up some, some, some cars here. Okay, I've attracted the police. I just shot up a car. The police are now after me. And I, I know where the police are because there's a map in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. And the map flashes red and yellow when the police are looking for you. And you can actually see the locations of police cars on the map. So some crazy driver has just crashed into my nice Jaguar and they've knocked the bloody door off. One of the doors of my new Jaguar has just been ri uh, ripped off by some stupid uh, driver. Oh look, there's an ambulance. So an ambulance has arrived on the scene, obviously to give medical attention to the, to the guy that I killed. And I've just shot the driver of the ambulance. Okay, here are the police. One police officer, two police officers dead. There's some more police officers behind me. And they're pretty much taken care of as well. One of them's lying on the ground trying to, trying to shoot me. Okay, so I've just shot an ambulance driver and four police. And there are now two police cars on the scene. More than that, there's, there's now four police cars on the scene. I've just got back into my Jaguar. And I'm now going to make good my escape. So I'm driving now at top speed through the streets of Los, An Los Santos. And I'm in the sort of Hollywood area. And my method for escaping from the police is basically to drive up into the hills and escape in the, in the hills. So I now have three stars. That's a lot. That's a lot of, of police attention. And they will now aggressively hunt me down until they have found me and killed me. It's like having Liam Neeson uh, trying to chase you. So what I'm going to do is... Oh dear, I'm going to try and escape from them, okay? Now, when you've got three stars of, of police attention, uh, they, they are pretty full on. So, first of all, the police cars come after you in greater numbers than, than when you've got one or two stars. So there's a lot of police cars. And also, they uh, use these trucks. They have these sort of armoured police vans. And what they do is they set up roadblocks for you. So I'm going to try and escape from the city and see if I can get through these police roadblocks. There was just an explosion behind me. I just heard a big explosion. I think a police car crashed and exploded. Um, okay, so there's one of them. So there's a, there's a police uh, truck in the street. And what they do is they put down these stingers on the ground. So a stinger is a kind of set of spikes. Um, they, they kind of put these stingers down. And um, if you drive over the stingers, then the, the, the tires on your car will burst 
and it'll make it much harder to get away. So you've got, I've got police on my tail, I've got roadblocks with stingers, and I'm now, oh my God, oh, that was a bad fall. Okay, I've just driven off a cliff, but luckily I landed on my wheels and I'm still escaping from them. So I've got police behind me. I've got a helicopter in the sky as well, which, which is also following me. It's going to be very difficult to escape from the, from the police in this situation, I think. So, all right. So I'm now just driving through the, the hill. Oh, God. Oh, there's a, there's a cop with a... I'm going to get shot. Okay, did you hear that? Oh, dear. So there was, a, there was a cop next to a van waiting for me. They'd set up, a, set up a roadblock. But I managed to stop and machine gun the policeman until he was dead. Um, so I've still got three stars. And I'm far from being, a, from being free from, from the law here. All right, so I'm now uh, r- driving at top speed up through the hills. There's another police van with another police marksman. Oh, God, he's just shot out one of my tyres. So I've now lost a tyre. That's not good news. But thankfully, I'm now above the city and I'm now driving up into the hills. So I'm actually driving on the grass now, which is less of a problem when you've got no front tyre. So I'm driving across the grass in the hills. Uh, I'm off-road at this point, which is always a lot of fun. Now, the police can't follow me because they, they basically stay to the, they stick to the roads. But if there are any helicopters on the scene, they will be able to follow me. So the police have lost me. They can't see me at this moment because I'm, I'm up in the hills on, on the grass. Um, and so I think I'm going to lose the police if I carry on like this. Um, I can't see any helicopters in the sky. I think I'm going to be all right. That was, that was easier than, than it usually is. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here comes a helicopter. Yeah, no, the helicopter is there in the sky in the distance. And I can try and shoot the helicopter down if I want to. Oh, no, I did it. I escaped from the law. That was actually a lot easier than I, than I thought it would be. I'm actually sh- I can see the helicopter in the distance and I'm shooting at it, but uh, they're not interested. So here I am up in the hills off-road in my very badly damaged Jaguar sports car. Um, And so I'm now having a little look around at the environment of the game. And it is an amazing environment. I mean, not just the city and the cityscape and the, 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 the skyline of the city, but when you drive out of the city like I've done now... And you drive up into the hills, you get these amazing views of, of sort of the mountains and the forests and stuff like that. So I guess it's the morning now. And I'm looking over the, the, the top of this hill at the, uh, at the landscape. And there are like this, I can see the mountain in the, in the distance and I can see the forest and some, some country roads. And it's a very misty morning. So there's lots of haze and I can see the silhouettes of the mountains in the distance. It really is amazing. There's, there's a couple of roads down there below me. I think what I'm going to do is, is drive down there and see if I can get a better vehicle. So I'm driving off-road again, just driving down the hill towards the road at top speed. Bam! Okay, that was interesting. So it's fun when you're driving off-road because you can make the car do these huge jumps and big stunts and things like that. I mean, this is the sort of game that I used to dream about with my brother when I was a kid. You know, when we were sort of nine, ten years old, we used to play games with our toy cars. So we had these little cars that we used to play around with. We had them in a big box. 
And we used to play around with these toy cars and we'd imagine that we were kind of doing police chases or whatever. And um, we would typically imagine that they were doing big jumps and that there were big explosions and car chases and stuff like that. And now with this game, I can actually do it. I mean, kids today are very lucky. I don't know if kids should be playing this game, but I think they have other games like this that are less violent. But kids are kind of lucky in a way that they actually get to play around in these virtual environments and they can actually create real car chases and real explosions and real jumps and things like that within the the context of the game. I mean, it's amazing. Maybe they're lucky for that. Maybe they're unlucky because they don't get to use their imaginations in the same way that uh, I did with my brother. I mean, you know, using, um, using your, your imagination, I think, is probably very good for you because, um, you know, it, it's, it's good for your brain. It kind of allows you to sort of push your, your brain, the creative parts of your imagination a bit further, maybe. Okay, I'm now crashing my car down the mountain. Um, I think it's the quickest way to get down the hill to the road is just to drive it off the edge of a cliff. And that's what I've decided to do. Um, so, okay, driving the car down a mountain. Is the car going to survive? Let's see. The, the dynamics in the game are amazing. I mean, the sort of in-game physics are very impressive. Like the way that the car reacts to the different sort of environments that you, you're playing in. Uh, and also the damage mechanics are also amazing. Like, for example, just the way the, the cars handle as you drive them around and also the way that they get damaged when you have collisions. It's very realistic. For example, the, the, the car gets dented um, and you can uh, lose parts of the car. Like the windows smash when you crash into other cars. The doors can fall off. The bumpers can fall off the front and the back. Um, and they generally get beaten up and smashed up and... Uh, it, it becomes more difficult to, to drive them as they get more and more damaged. Okay, so uh, I need to find a better car. And so I'm going to find a better car. And then I think I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history of Grand Theft Auto. Okay, that's an interesting car. I've just found a, what looks like a... Someone's screaming for help. What's going on? Oh my God, someone's being robbed. Okay. Glad to help out. Oh, that was a rape that was in progress. Oh, that is, that is messed up. Oh, so I just saved a girl from being raped. And she's saying, could you give me a lift home? I don't want to walk home on my own. Well, of course you don't. This is a seriously adult game. There were two guys attacking a girl and she was screaming for help. And I just saved her. So it is possible to do good things. I just saved her from her attackers and now she's asking me to, to give her a lift home. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay. So I've just got into her car and I'm now going to drive her back to her home. Okay, so she's just staying off Sonora Road. Uh, so she has no idea who those guys were. I actually quite enjoy it when I pick up a, a pedestrian in a car in this game. Like, for example, you can, you can work as a taxi driver. All right. Not really interested in what she's saying. Um, so you can pick up uh, people in taxis. And it's always fun when I, whenever I have a person in the car to do absolutely ridiculous, insanely dangerous driving. So 
now I've got this girl in the car, I'm gonna drive as fast as possible off-road until I get back to her address. And I know where she lives because I can see it on the GPS, the, the in-game GPS, but I'm gonna do it by driving like an absolute madman uh, across the hills and I'll see what she says. Um, she's just describing what happened to her, but to be honest, I'm not interested, I don't care. I just want to deliver her home and maybe pick up a reward while doing it. And look, I've already got back to her house. Oh God, I think, the, I think she's telling some story about vampires. I think the guys that, uh, that tried to kidnap her were vampires or something. It's pretty weird and it's pretty humorous as well. Um, it's, a, it's really, this game is really a social satire, as I said. It's, it's a satire on modern popular culture, but it's also a satire on sort of American sort of uh, movie culture and, and, and stuff like that. So every person that you meet in this game is like um, ridiculously self-involved and narcissistic. And everyone is like um, obsessed with their own levels of fame. And you see characters sort of um, uh, doing selfies they, they walk to the top of the mountain and then they take a selfie. And when you meet other characters like pedestrians in the game, they usually talk to you. Turn off the music for a bit. They usually talk to you and they, they're usually really horrible individuals. You know, they're very rude. Everyone's got a really bad attitude. People are unfriendly. And um, it's basically a big piss take on sort of modern consumer culture this game and um so it's a satire it's a social satire you also get uh, radio stations which kind of make fun of american consumerism and uh celebrity culture and stuff like that so it's all just a bit of fun really so i've now stolen that girl's car i gave her a lift home and i kept the car she didn't seem to be bothered in fact she took a photograph of the car as i left her all right, so what was I going to do? I was going to tell you about uh, the history of Grand Theft Auto uh, while I'm driving around here. So I'm going to drive back into the city, I think, or at least try to while I'm driving around. I'm going to tell you the history of Grand Theft Auto. So Grand Theft Auto, as a gaming franchise, as I said, is one of the most uh, popular and successful games franchises that we've ever had. Um, and... Um, it's been going since 1997, so that is nearly, wow, nearly 20 years of Grand Theft Auto. It is a modern phenomenon in popular culture, and so I think it is worth talking about in the podcast. As I drive like a total madman across country, I don't know where I'm going at this point. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to continue to drive around. Okay, I'm going to... You can actually access the map in the game and choose to to go to different locations so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to drive until i get to uh let's see I, i'm quite hungry i'd quite like something to eat are there any like hot dog stands or places to eat food in the area uh okay i'm going to go to a gun store and buy some more guns i think so i've i've uh, selected using my gps system a gun store which is in the center of Los Santos and I'm outside the city at the moment so while I'm driving back to the gun store I'll give you a little account of the history of Grand Theft Auto and maybe tell you a couple of things that you didn't know about this franchise so nearly 20 years of Grand Theft Auto 
And uh, what you might not know is that Grand Theft Auto, uh, the Grand Theft Auto series, is actually a British game. It was designed originally uh, by a British game developer. Um, the, the company was called DMA Design. DMA Design. They're the ones who came up with the Grand Theft Auto idea in the first place. GMA Design are or were a games company based in Edinburgh in Scotland. So actually, Grand Theft Auto is a Scottish computer game. That's right. Um, so DMA Design, based in Edinburgh in Scotland, um, that is the company that produced several other good and classic games. Like DMA Design invented the Lemmings game. Do you, have, do you remember playing Lemmings in the 90s? Um, you might remember Lemmings. Basically, what happened in Lemmings is that you you had these, like, sort of aliens. They were called Lemmings. That There was, like, this big group of aliens, like these weird creatures with purple clothes and green hair and big noses. And you had to, the control of a group of them. And they would generally walk around through... Uh, an environment and you had to try and give them um, commands to try and save their lives because they're so stupid these lemmings that they would walk off cliffs they'd walk into fires and they generally would just die unless you told them exactly what to do so you could kind of uh, tell them to uh, jump or to do certain functions in order to save their lives remember that well dma design invented lemmings they also invented some other games, like, for example, a game called Uniracers on the Nintendo Super, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. That was a kind of um, unicycle game where you had to jump and do stunts on unicycles. They also invented Body Harvest, which was a sort of uh, violent game that was actually the kind of original forerunner to the 3D version of Grand Theft Auto. Um, but then in 1997, DMA Design came up with this really awesome idea of um, a computer game that replicated those police chase videos. Now, you've probably seen police chase videos, you know, on TV and on the internet. Those are those ones that are filmed by police helicopters. And uh, you kind of... Um, you get, the, you get the video footage of police helicopters as they uh, fly around following police chases as they actually happen in real time. So... Uh, they're usually quite dramatic chases that you see from above, from an aerial position, and you follow the, the police and the, the criminals as they drive at high speed through the city. So imagine being able to actually control those police chases. Imagine being in the car, in, the, in, in control of the vehicle that's trying to escape from the police. That was the original idea of the first Grand Theft Auto game that was released in 1997, um, on the on PC and on PlayStation um, platforms, and the original Grand Theft Auto was, um, I mean, it really established the the general approach and the general style of Grand Theft Auto games that came after it. So GTA was a, a sandbox game, just like the, the 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 new versions of GTA. So basically, you played around in a city uh, that was completely open. An open environment. You could steal any car that you wanted, and you could drive it around, um, and you could, um, you know, do different jobs and attract the attention of the police, just like in the the modern GTA games. So that the the the, um, the, the franchise started um, like that. But the difference was that obviously in those days the graphics 
and the general sort of uh, power of the computer game uh, consoles was much, much smaller than, than uh, it is now. So the graphics were much more basic and the, the possibilities were much, much more simple. And in fact, Grand Theft Auto, you might have played it. Um, Grand Theft Auto, the original game, was um, not 3D like it is today. In fact, the camera uh, was positioned in the sky as if you were in a helicopter looking down on the action. So it was a top-down game. So you saw all the action from above. And um, so the, the, the graphics were very basic and the sound effects were basic. But essentially, it was the same game. So you would run around, uh, you know, stealing cars, escaping from the police. Really simple, simple stuff. And um, it was immediately a controversial game because it involved so much violence and, and sort of sick humour. Uh, a lot of people uh, wrote articles about it in newspapers saying that it was like disgusting and violent and that it would cause young people to, to, to commit acts of violence and, and things like that. And it was one of the games that was consistently mentioned in court cases and arguments about the influence of violent computer games on young people. And in fact, you know, many people in America, like parents and other groups, cited computer games like Grand Theft Auto as a direct cause of mass shootings in America. Now, personally, I wonder if there is a direct link between computer games like Grand Theft Auto and the sort of horrible mass shootings that occur in America on quite a regular basis. Is it because of computer games or is it because of something else within the culture? Is it related to maybe the, the, the fact that guns have such an important place in American life? Or is it something more complicated about the a way that so many young people feel disenfranchised and powerless and they seek to express themselves by using guns. Or maybe it's a, a question of sort of the, the problems of mental illness that are not being properly dealt with in American society. It's very convenient to point the finger at computer games and say that they're the ones that cause young people to act violently. Um, I'm not convinced that that's the case. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. Although saying that, I think that maybe... If there are some individuals who are obviously um, 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 not very stable, you know, if we're talking about unstable people with pre-existing mental conditions that might find the gameplay in something like Grand Theft Auto to be far too intense and far too sort of um, um, emotional or violent in nature, that that maybe could you know, cause those people to become even more unstable. And perhaps there's an argument to say that if there's an existing mental condition that it could be sort of brought to the surface by the intensity uh, of, of the gameplay in Grand Theft Auto. But generally, I don't think Grand Theft Auto makes people violent. If anything, the, the game could make people less violent because you can sort of take out a lot of your frustrations um, in... Uh, a game of Grand Theft Auto. It's a very cathartic experience that you can kind of, if you're very frustrated, if you've had a very bad day, you can get into Grand Theft Auto and you can cause mayhem, explode some, you know, blow up some cars and, you know, do some damage to the city. And afterwards, you feel exhilarated and, you know, you, you feel a release of tension. So... Um, so there you go. Anyway, it's always been a controversial game, but the original Grand Theft Auto 1997, top-down approach, pretty basic. Then a couple of years later, um, Grand Theft Auto, or uh, DM DMA Design, uh, released um, a kind of 
an additional game, an, an add-on pack to the original GTA. And um, in in that add-on pack, you got to explore cities, or no, you got to explore explore London. So the original Grand Theft Auto had about four different cities, and they were based on cities in America. So there was like Liberty City, which is like New York. There was uh, Los Santos, which is like Los Angeles, and San Andreas, which is like San Francisco. Uh, and then the add-on pack was called GTA London. And that was one of my favourite GTA games. I absolutely loved playing GTA London back in the 90s when I was at university. And GTA London was set in London in the 1960s. And in fact, there's GTA London 1969 and GTA London 1961. My favourite one was GTA London 1969 because it put you into London in the 60s. And so you got all of the music and the different aspects of popular culture from London in that period. Uh, and one of the great things about the Grand Theft Auto franchise is the, the, the way that they really have their finger on the pulse of modern culture. And so they always have really good music in their games. Um, every new Grand Theft Auto game has a new playlist. And in fact, there's, um, there are radio stations that play different types of music. For example, if I turn up the volume, so I've just turned up the volume now on the television and I'm going to turn on the radio and we're going to take a little, um, we're going to kind of skip through some of the different radio stations so you get an idea of the types of music that you can listen to while you're playing Grand Theft Auto 5. So the radio is off at the moment, but I'm now going to cycle through some of the radio stations. Let's have a look at the Blue Arc. So the Blue Arc, I think, is a, a reggae radio station. That doesn't sound a lot like re reggae at the moment. That's more like it. Some sort of reggae music. Let's move on to Worldwide FM, which I think plays music from bands around the world. And this is Django Django that you're hearing at the moment. We skip forward to Flylo FM. This is Flylo FM. And they are playing Aphex Twin. Can you hear that? Oh, that was the end of the track. But anyway, they were playing a, a track by Aphex Twin, who is a British electronic music artist. Uh, then we have the Lowdown. The Lowdown 91.1. Nice. It sounds like the lowdown plays soul music. And this is a track by the, uh, the Undisputed Truth. It's called Smiling Faces Sometimes. Okay, so that's the lowdown 91.1. And we move on to the lab. All right, some sort of modern rock music. Okay, that's the lab. And then you've got Radio Mirror Park. So on radio, um, Radio Mirror Park, it's like talk radio. So they're, they're talking about different things. I think that's a commercial for something. Oh, tune. So this radio station is called Space 103.2. And this is Rick James, Give It To Me Baby. Baby. 
is a classic. Vinewood Boulevard Radio is playing a track called Moon uh, Sleepwalker by Moon Duo. You've got Rock Radio, and they're playing Phil Collins. Non-stop pop. Do you remember that track? That's Lady by Mojo. Okay, and they got Radio Los Angeles. All right. They're playing some sort of like R&B gangster rap stuff. Channel X. Okay, it sounds like Channel X plays lots of punk music. In fact, that is The Adolescence with a track called Amoeba. It sounds like a punk rock channel. Then you've got West Coast Talk Radio. You can hear people having conversations on the radio. There's Rebel Radio, which is actually one of my favorite radio stations in Grand Theft Auto because they play country music and rockabilly. In fact, this is Charlie Feathers with a track called Can't Hardly Stand It. And then we've got Soul Wax FM. Sounds like they're playing dance music. Okay. Easy Loss FM. What's that? Is that like sort of Hispanic music? Hispanic punk rock. Then we've got... West Coast Classics, which is all about hip-hop. Okay, all right, turn the radio off again, and I think I'll turn the volume down on the TV so it doesn't disturb us too much. So I was giving you the history of Grand Theft Auto, and I was telling you about uh, Grand Theft Auto London, which was released in 1999 as an add-on. And yeah, you got to explore London in 1969, and you had all of the different types of music that were, that were around at the time, like the sort of reggae ska stuff that was popular in London at the time, and sort of British R&B and rock and roll and jazz music. And um, also it's full of sort of, you know, the usual stereotypes of sort of London crime, like the Cockney gangsters and uh, other things like that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Then in 1999, same year as GTA London, they brought out GTA 2, which was essentially the same thing as GTA, but with a few improvements. So they improved the graphics. The the gameplay was slightly more improved. It was refined. Uh, The game was set in the near future in a kind of mythical city. And the cool thing about GTA 2 was that um, the the, the city was ruled by three different gangs. And uh, the gangs would sort of interact with you in different ways, depending on how popular you were with them. So if you do jobs for, for a gang, then your popularity level with that gang will rise and they will, you know, they will protect you and they'll give you more work. If you kill members of the, the different gangs, then their popularity level for you will drop. And then if you go into their area of the city, then they'll try and kill you. And if, you're, if your popularity level is really low, then all of the gang members will come after you and chase you. So it was basically the same thing as Grand Theft Auto, the same top-down viewpoint, but with refined gameplay and a few different ideas. Um, I think at some point in the late 90s, uh, DMA Design, the, that Scottish game company, became Rockstar North, uh, when it was um, acquired by a London-based company um, called Rockstar Games. And, uh, and then I think Rockstar Games 
was acquired by an American company called Take-Two Games, um, which is based in New York City. And I think they had very ambitious uh, and a very ambitious approach to Grand Theft Auto 3, which came out in 2001. And Grand Theft Auto 3, it was developed by the Scottish uh, company, but marketed by Take-Two Games, um, the American company. And they, they really wanted to push it into overdrive. And so Grand Theft Auto 3 was a 3D version of the game. And uh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. A, a huge development for the Grand Theft Auto th franchise. And it was basically the same approach as Grand Theft Auto, but everything happened in 3D. Amazing. And it was really controversial because it came out around the same time as the September the 11th attacks happened. And so, you know, there was various bits of controversy, controversy, controversy surrounding that. Um, then in uh, 2002 and 2004, there were several other um, uh, GTA games that came out that were set in Vice City, which was like, like Florida, and uh, San Andreas, which is like San Francisco. Um, and uh, some GTA games were, ha were brought out for the handheld franchises. And then in 2008, GTA 4 came out, which was like another big step because it became a lot more nuanced and the graphics were much, much better and much more detailed. And the levels of intelligence in the city uh, were uh, more advanced. And then a couple of years ago in 2013, GTA 5 was brought out. And this is definitely the best version of the game so far, in, in my opinion. Uh, the, as I've said, it's a sprawling gaming world with incredible levels of detail and in in interesting levels of interaction and stuff like that. Um, it remains a very controversial game. According to the Guinness World uh, Records in 2008 and 2009, Grand Theft Auto is the most controversial video game series in history, with over 4,000 articles published about it, which include accusations of glamorising violence, corrupting gamers, and connections to real-life crimes. Um, okay, so I've talked about the violence in the game. I've talked about the satirical elements of the game. And um, I've, I've messed around a little bit already in the game. I think I'm going to now mess around a bit more. So I was going to go to a gun shop, wasn't I? And I was going to uh, buy some guns. Well, for some reason, while I was talking to you, I ended up driving out of the city again. I've just crashed into a truck and the driver of the truck is really unhappy with me. And uh, he's giving me the finger. So I'm going to shoot him because I don't like it when people give me the finger. Uh, I've, okay, so I've shot the driver of that truck and I've attracted the attention of the cops. Let's see if I can get to the... Let's just see if I can get into the city, escape from the cops, and have some fun while I'm doing it. So I just crashed into another car. Okay, there are the police. I'm, I'm now shooting the police from within the car. And I've shot one of them. You know when you've shot someone because you get like a little red cross appear on the screen. Is this... Am I going to be able to get this other cop before he gets me? No, I'm not. So I'm going to have to go closer in order to gun this guy down. All right, I've got three stars on me, so I think it's time to, to run away from the police. I think what I'm going to do is just try and kill as many police officers as I can and then get away with it. So I'm going to get four stars before I escape. And I, I want to escape in a police car. It's quite fun to set challenges for your friends while you're playing this game. And in fact, I'm quite lucky because uh, 
despite all the stuff I said about multitasking and listening to your wife at the beginning of this episode, I consider myself to be very lucky because my wife loves to play Grand Theft Auto V. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not uncommon these days for girls to be into games as well. In fact, a lot of girls love computer games. And I'm one of the lucky uh, guys out there because my wife loves to play Grand Theft Auto as well. Which I found quite surprising, you know, when I bought the game, I was like, oh God, I hope this isn't going to annoy her. Uh, but um, she was more than glad to play it. She was like, oh, come on, let's play Grand Theft Auto 5 again. Uh, and it's hilarious to watch her play because um, she's not as experienced at play. Oh my God, a cop car just exploded. How did that happen? So I'm, I'm still escaping from the cops here while I'm talking to you, proving without any shadow of doubt that uh, I can multitask. Um, anyway, she loves playing it, and it's funny because she's not as good at it as I am. In fact, I mean, she's a lot better now than she was when we first started playing it together, but like before, she couldn't reverse and turn at the same time, which is always uh, like amusing to me. Um, but yeah, we, we, when we play, we set challenges for each other. Like we say things like, okay, you've got to steal a red car, and then you've got to kill five police officers and then you've got to escape by driving into a tunnel you know and you have to kind of try and achieve that uh, that challenge in the game right so I'm on the edge of the city here I've got a helicopter on my tail I've got a bunch of police cars after me so okay my challenge is this I'm going to drive into the city I'm going to get a, I'm going to drive into the city I'm going to kill um, as many police officers as I can. I'm going to blow up some police cars because I do have a rocket launcher in my arsenal. So I'm going to... I have a rocket launcher in my arsenal. Okay, in my arsenal, not, not in my arse. If I had a rocket launcher in my arse, I don't think I'd be able to drive uh, around and record a podcast at the same time. I mean, you know, I said that I'm, I'm able to multitask, but there are limits to that. I mean, you know, I don't think I'd be able to do anything if I had a rocket launcher in my arse. No, luckily, I've got a rocket launcher in my arsenal. Arsenal, you know what that is, don't you? It's, it's, it's not just the name of a football team. An arsenal is a, um, um, a collection of weapons. Okay, so I have a collection of weapons, and that's, that's my arsenal. And uh, in my arsenal, I have uh, a rocket launcher. Okay, all right, here's the perfect spot. So the, uh, the police have set up a roadblock for me on this bridge. So I'm now going to get out of the car and I'm going to select the grenade launcher. All right, not the rocket launcher, the grenade launcher. Pow. Okay, so I've just... Oh, my God. I failed my mission, ladies and gentlemen. I got shot in the back by a cop. It's quite difficult to get away from the police in this game. Um, how much time have we been going for here? Shit. Have we been talking for an hour and 27 minutes? I've been talking to you for an hour and 27 minutes. That is insane. I had no idea that it had gone on for this long. Okay, here's what I'm going to do, ladies and gents. Here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to go on a rampage. I'm going to get four stars. I'm going to blow up some police cars. I'm going to escape. And uh, then I'm going to end the episode. Okay, so I'm going to end with a huge uh, rampage, which is my favorite thing to do in this game. So I've now equipped my rocket launcher. I've pulled it out of my arsenal and I now have my rocket launcher and I'm going to blow up as many cars as I can. And I'm going to explain to you what's happening while I'm doing it. Oh my God. Okay. So I just blew up a car with a rocket launcher and the car that was behind me, um, ran me over. So if something, if a car runs you over, 
it means that it, it hits you and drives all the way over you. So I got run over by a car and I'm still alive. Welcome to the world of Grand Theft Auto. Um, so the police are coming for me. I've already got two stars and I'm causing absolute chaos here on the streets of Grand, uh, not, uh, the streets of La Los Santos with a rocket launcher. And there are burning cars and bodies lying on the pavement. It's horrible. Pow. There goes another vehicle. And the, the police have arrived. Here they come with their police cars. Let's see how many of them I can destroy. Okay, there goes one police car. And there goes another police car. And I've got another one behind me here. They're already shooting at me. I'm blowing them all up without mercy. Heinous acts of, of ultraviolence here on the streets of Los Santos. The, a police helicopter has arrived, but that's no problem. I'm going to blow them up too with my rocket launcher. If I can just hit them. Come on. All right, it's time to escape. That's enough. That's enough madness. I'm going to equip my machine gun and then I'm going to get out of there. Oh, God. There's a SWAT team with two cops uh, with machine guns and body armor hanging onto the side of the car. This is... Oh, I got, I got shot. Wasted. I got shot. It's, it's really difficult when you get four stars on you because then they send the sort of special SWAT teams to come and kill you. Okay, I'm going to get three stars then. I'm going to get three stars. I'm going to steal a police car and then I'm going to escape in the mountains. All right. So first of all, I'm going to set my waypoint on the GPS to the hills. So I know exactly how to escape in the hills. So there you go. So I've got my escape route sorted. Next thing I need to do is equip my machine gun and start shooting some people. So I'm going to shoot the driver of that car there. There, dead. Oh, that's horrific. Do you hear the sound of the screaming? And I've just blown up a couple of cars. Now if we'll just wait for the cavalry to arrive. The police are just round the corner, I think. Let's see. So I need to shoot a couple of police officers. And... Oh, gangsters trying to kill me as well. Shoot the police officers, steal their car, and then escape into the hills, into the Hollywood Hills. So that's my last mission. Let's see if I can do that without getting shot. Okay, the police are on their way. All right, just killed another pedestrian. Why not? Why not? I'm on a kill spree. Um, okay, here come the police in their car. Two cop cars. Right, there goes one officer. I've got cop cars behind me too. I'm gonna have to do this quick. Okay, right, the police are dead. I've got the car, it's time to escape. Now I'm in the police car and I'm now gonna drive away as fast as possible in order to escape this situation. There's a helicopter after me, I've got three stars. Now what the helicopters do is they chase after you and they try to shoot out your tires. Uh, and if, if you lose tires, then it makes it really hard to control the car. All right, so I'm, I'm doing handbrake turns around the corners. I've got helicopter, I've got at least four cop cars on me. Um, I'm driving at top speed, trying to avoid those. Oh, trying to avoid the roadblocks. I've been, I've crashed into a wall. Okay, okay, I managed to avoid the roadblock. Are all my tires still okay? Yes, they are. The front part of my car has fallen off. Oh no, I've lost a, I've lost a tire. Okay, this is gonna be very difficult. It's gonna be really hard to escape when I don't have full control. Oh, crashed into another car. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Okay. I'm determined to do it. Even though I've only got three tires. 
uh, and I've got most of the city's police are oh my god I can't turn I can't turn at all this is a nightmare you can hear all the police sirens that's the number of cop cars I've got chasing after me there's a swarm of police on my tail um, this is dramatic okay alright oh okay alright I'm pretty good at driving now I've played this game enough to still be able to drive quite well um, so I've got only three tyres. You can hear the scraping sound. Can you hear that? The scraping sound of the, the, the wheel arch hitting the ground. Okay, um, I'm now escaping into the hills. The police... I've managed to, to get away from the police a little bit. They're still looking for me, but uh, they're not on my tail as violently as they were before. Oh, God, there's a police marksman. I'm riding... I'm, I've lost the road. I've crashed into a rock. Oh, God. There are animals in this game as well. Did you know that? There are like animals that, that, that uh, you've, you come across in the wilderness. There are like deer, uh, wild dogs, wolves, uh, mountain lions. Uh, you can go hunting for animals. Right, okay, I'm getting out of the car. I've found a, a better car. I'm going to make a run for it. Oh, they're going to shoot me. So I've broken into another car. And I'm going to use this new car to escape if I can do it in time. Okay, I've hot-wired the car. And I'm driving off-road a little bit. And we've made it. Okay, so I'm now out of outside the city. I've got the entire police force on my tail. And I'm, right, I'm driving now at top speed uh, through the, uh, the, the winding country roads. This is where you can do some really exciting driving in these country roads. The police are after me. There's helicopters following me. Um, let's see if I can escape from everyone. Now, there is one way of, of definitely escaping from the, uh, from the law in this game, and that is to get onto the train tracks. Oh, God, I've just done a huge jump. jump. Just did a huge jump off the mountain, but it's okay because that means I'm going to lose, the, uh, lose some cops, I think, by doing that. Oh, God, this is bad. I'm, I've lost control. I'm spinning through the... I'm now on a dirt track in the mountains, in the middle of the wilderness. What I need to do is somehow find the train track. Oh, dear, this, things have gone from bad to worse. I'm now driving through, like, a, a valley. I'm not even on a proper road. My car has turned over. I've managed to get it back on its wheels again. Let's see if I can get back onto the road and find the train tracks. Because if I can find the train tracks, that's how I'm going to get away from these cops. Oh dear, my car is getting badly beaten up. There's cop cars falling down on top of me. Okay, right, I'm going to use the map to try and find the nearest train track. There's the, there's the train track, okay. Alright, so it's on the other side of that, that little ravine. If I can get to the train track, I'm going to be okay. You know why? Because I can drive the train track into a tunnel. And if I can get into a tunnel, that means that the police will lose track of me. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. The car is in a terrible condition. It's rolled down the mountain several times. Um, it's really badly damaged and it's not driving properly. But if I can manage to survive and get onto those train tracks avoid crashing into the train and then drive into a tunnel, I will be able to escape from the law and then I'll be able to end this episode of Luke's English Podcast. I nearly hit a, a, a deer there. Nearly crashed into a deer. What do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. Ha, 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 ha. Very funny. Not very funny at all. What do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Still no idea. Hilarious. 
So yes, look, multitasking in action. Not only am I able to uh, escape from the police, but also I'm able to do a podcast and tell you bad jokes while I'm doing it. Um, Oh God, where's the train tracks? There they are. They're just up there on the left. Am I going to be able to get up there? They're on the top of that little hill. Oh, come on. I'm going to make it. All the cops are there behind me. Just need to drive over this hill and I'll be able to access the train tracks. There they are. There are the train tracks. Okay. Now I'm going to drive in a sort of easterly direction along these train tracks. A big lump of my car just fell off. Okay. I'm on the train tracks. Let's see if I can ride these, these tracks through the hills and into a tunnel. There's a bridge. Where are the cops? Can you hear the dramatic music? That's some dramatic chase music they're playing in the background. And the police are still looking for me. If I keep going and drive into that tunnel, I'm going to make it. I've got a helicopter on my tail. Oh, there's the tunnel. I can see the tunnel ahead of me. A helicopter is approaching me from behind. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop the car just in the mouth of the tunnel. Just at the mouth of the tunnel, I'm going to get out. And I've lost the cops. I did it. I did it, ladies and gents. I lost the police. I managed to get away from them. I did it. I'm now on foot. Having a look at the nice view. I can look out all the way over the city. There I am. I'm a free man. I managed to escape from the police. And I think that's probably it, ladies and gents. I think that is the end of this un, un, uh, sort of, well, not unsurprisingly, quite surprisingly long episode of Luke's English Podcast. Um, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gents. Um, as ever, I am. Oh my God, there's a train coming. I'm standing on the train tracks. Is there a train coming? There's the train. I think I'm going to go out in style. I'm going to go out by being run down by a moving train. And here it is. I'm standing in the train tracks. The train is heading towards me and... There. Wasted. I got run over by the train. I think that's a fitting end to this episode of the podcast. Um, Death by train. Thank you very much for listening. This has been an uncommonly long episode. I didn't realise it would go on for this long. Uh, I could have gone on for even longer, to be honest. Um, I think I've, I I hope I've proved that it's possible to multitask if you're a man. Uh, um, Let me know what you think about that whole multitasking phenomenon. Do you, do you agree with that or not? And also, what do you think of Grand Theft Auto 5? Have you played it? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Um, Oh, the police have... All right. So, you know, I got run over by a train. Well, I've, I've just walked out of the hospital. Apparently, um, they managed to uh, fix me up. It cost me $5,000. Welcome to America. You know, there's no such thing as free healthcare. Anyway, what do you think of the game? If you've played it, tell me what you think of it. Do you think it's as good as the other games in the series? If you've never played it, what do you think it sounds like? Would you like to play it? Um, What do you think of the violence in the game? Do you think it's okay or do you think it's a a problem? Um, Any opinions, thoughts, feelings and comments are welcome. Please go to teacherluke.co.uk where you can uh, check out uh, other stuff like uh, a transcript for the first part of this episode and all the other things like the full episode archive that you can explore and also the Audible offer. If you'd like to download a free audio book, um, you can go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash audible and you can download an audio book of your choice. Um, 
And uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you again for listening. I'll speak to you again very soon. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.